All right, today we're gonna to do another Rags and Riches Secrets. One of the big things that are on people's mind is, is how to invest, like all this Russian, how to invest in this market. Now, like I'll tell you some of the things that have been on my mind. Here's what I know. When, when you can't, it's really difficult to predict the, sh the future, but what I can tell you is things that are taking place in the marketplace, that as soon as you see it, you're gonna go all of a sudden, holy cow, like maybe I had to find a way to take and to protect myself in this environment. Let me give you, let me get, so you already have the backdrop of Russia. You're already concerned that Russia may take and uh, may take Kuwait. And if they take and they do that, maybe what's it mean? Is it, does it mean the rest of the world's going to get in the game and all of a sudden we're going to have World War III? Like I don't, you don't know what all the outcomes of that's going to be. But here's the data points that I can point out so that I can show you an, invest, an, an investment strategy that you could pursue to find a solution to help you navigate this environment, okay? Russia, if Russia takes and invades, and all of a sudden we figure out, find ourselves in a world war, most likely that the stock market is gonna take and do a massive pullback, okay? The stock market right now and assets right now are already potentially due for a massive pullback anyways, because if you look at historical pricing, the S&P 500 has what they call this P-E ratio, mean price per earnings. How many times are you willing to pay for a particular earnings? So if a, say a company makes $100,000 a year, historically the S&P 500 has a 15 times earnings. So you take 100,000 of your profits times 15, so 1.5 million bucks. That's what people would be willing to pay for those assets. Two times in history did the stock market go absolutely off the rails where people were paying astronomical amounts of money for companies. They deviated majorly from the S&P 500 to 15 times earnings. First one was the year 2000. We were, we were paying 127% over what historical prices have been to take and to buy those particular stocks. So major, major, way, way, way over historical prices. But you remember what happened to the dot-com bubble. And finally, the market pulled back and said, snap, you can't take and pay that much for a company. You don't pay 127% more than historical uh, prices. The market pulled back and all of a sudden, it was, life got very difficult, okay? So that was one time. The second time the stock market has gotten this high, astronomical this high in the last 70 years is right now. The S&P 500 is 87% over traditional earnings. And what they do is they measure this in standard deviations. They got one standard deviation. If you're not familiar with that, think of a rubber band. With the rubber band with no tension on it, like that's in its, that's homeostasis position. It's happy right there. But as you start stretching the rubber band, the rubber band wants to pull back. Well, what we've done is we've pulled the rubber band one, like one element too far or one times past standard deviation. And now we're at two times standard deviation. There is a lot of tension on this rubber band, which would cause it to want to spring back. So you've got the, the second highest time in the last 70 years where we've paid this much money is right now. Um, you have all-time high on commodity prices. We have all-time high on new home constructions. We have all-time highs on housing prices. Like there is multiple assets in the marketplace that are at all-time highs. Normally, Normally, when you look at the marketplace, you see like maybe that maybe the stock market's at an all-time high, and and then real estate's at a different all-time high, but they don't typically all line up at the same time. Right now, you have the stock market at all-time high, housing starts at the all-time high, housing prices at the all-time high, 
commodity prices, what we're willing to pay for things at an all-time high. There are multiple assets that are stretched to one and two times standard deviations right now. So then you take and you throw in the middle of that, this deal with uh, inflation being so high, so the Fed wants to take and to tap the interest rates to see if they can cause it to decompress some. Then you've got this Iran-Russia uh, war going on right here. And so you've got that, you're just kind of setting the stage a little bit. And so when I look at it, the big question I've got in my mind is what is the upside potential and what is the downside potential? Well, the upside to go two times or three times or four times standard deviation is not as likely as to see it contract back to norm or even actually drop below normal. That's more likely what's going to happen is it takes and it drops back, uh, back uh, below normal at some point. And so here's what I did. And I'm just being transparent on what I did. So I looked at it and I said, wait a minute, if, if the, the upside is highly limited, but the downside is highly, there's a lot of probability of downside depending on what happens in Iraq or uh, not Iraq, but in, in Russia and uh, Ukraine, then I'm like, there's a lot of risk there. So I moved most of my money to cash. One stock that I did buy that I've got is I bought Warren Buffett. Why? Warren Buffett has been waiting for years and years and years for the market to open up so that he could put a lot of capital to work. The guy's got $100 billion plus dollars in his war chest ready to deploy as soon as the market falls apart. And I'm telling you, he's, he is in touch. He knows what's going on. He knows where the deals are. He knows where the opportunities are. And that guy is loaded for, I wouldn't say bear because he's way beyond bear. He's like loaded for multiple elephants. He is like, last time the, the stock market fell apart, he went and bought an entire railroad. He went and bought assets like that like crazy. And he is ready to do that again at a much bigger scale than he's ever done it before. And so I bought Warren Buffett stock. Sure, does it have the potential to go down? Yep. Does he have the potential to invest more intelligently than pretty much anybody on the planet? Yep. Does he have the money and resources to do it? Yes, on tap, on tap. So that's number two, bought Warren Buffett stock. Number three, this is something that you could consider. It's buying assets to do a hedge against some demand curves. Um, like things that, think about this, okay? If, if there becomes a shortage in oil, which it looks like there is a high probability of it, because think of Russia. Russia's main asset to the world is it's a gas tank. Think of Russia as one great big gas tank, okay? If, we sh if that relationship in that sense gets severed, and that's, we're doing a lot of dancing about that because we need that fuel to be able to keep prices low. And so what will happen is, is if, if things come into play where that oil is disrupted, you could see massive spike increases in the cost of oil. So you could say a hedge against this might be actually owning oil companies. A lot of these companies pay tremendous dividends. I was just looking at some, that's 7.5% dividend. That's in today's market. Well, imagine what that could be if all of a sudden we sever all relationships with Russia and, and all of a sudden that oil is no longer being provided here, which means it would drive prices up. See what I mean? So you could have a hedge against that. One, one uh, stock I've got in my portfolio still is Kroger. Um, I'd have to say I followed Warren Buffett in the purchase of that stock. I, I had happened to agree with him that that was an intelligent purpose. But I can tell you the one thing about Kroger 
is their their margin, their profit margins are not really great. But during COVID, during the pandemic, their profit margins became larger. And if you look at the environment, people will continue to eat. People will continue to need food. And as, as inflation kicks in and as these things start kicking in, they have a very quick lever to immediately pass those costs on to you and me. Okay? They have a very quick lever to pass those costs on. In fact, like they have a commodity, they have a product or commodity that's actually high in high demand. Like you can't have it. Like maybe you could stop going to the movies. Maybe you could stop, maybe, maybe you could cut back on driving your car, right? But you have to make everybody in America has got to make a conscious decision to cut back calorie intake before you start seeing somebody like Kroger's actually kind of take a hit because people will eat. Now you might not go out to eat as much, like that's entirely possible. So you could do that. That could be a staple. That could that could be a hedge against a bad time. Um, another hedge you could do is when, when the economy does a downturn, people scale back purchasing new vehicles and old vehicles actually get like, a, they take and they maintain vehicles longer. So you got Checker Auto Parts, AutoZone. I believe Checker actually got purchased by, um, they got purchased out. I'm trying to remember what the name of it. O'Reilly, O'Reilly purchased them out. But those things are a hedge. I can tell you what will kill you. Like if you are in the construction business, let's say that the market does a pullback and all of a sudden people stop buying houses. I can tell if you are in the concrete business, you're dead. Concrete only seems to do well in an up economy. It only seems to do well in those environments. New home construction seems to usually only do well in an up environment. Uh, appliance sales seem to do like usually on the whole pretty well only in an up, up environment. Like if a new construction slows, the one thing you can anticipate is like they'll still make sales, but they'll make sales of appliances and furniture to houses that need to replace, but not new construction that's taking it on. So Hopefully that gives you an idea of, of where you could take a move. Those are moves that I'm making to, to take into to bolster my portfolio. I put most of it in cash. Why? Because I the, the, the secret is to buy low, sell high, right? So if today isn't high at two times standard deviation, what is? Now, if it was two times standard deviation the, the other way, like I would be buying as much as I can at five times earnings for the S&P 500, like you buy, 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 buy. Like even if people are falling apart, pessimistic, and everything, everybody thinks the world's going to come to an end, I would still buy it. Why? Because the potential return on investment outweighs my fear. Okay, I that that vehicle buying it like five times earnings on the S and P five hundred would be stupid. It'd be a two times standard deviation the other direction, so you would go all in. Anyway. That is a rags the riches secret. Hope that adds some color on what you might consist or consider investing in during this market time. Russia's nuts. Like I think, like Putin seems to be crazy enough that I think the world is. Like the big question in everybody's mind is what what will the rest of the world do? Like basically, we're watching a bully trying to beat up another kid, and the rest of the world's trying to decide if we're going to stand there and watch it or if we're going to jump in and participate. Okay. And, and everybody's a little bit a little bit hesitant because they don't want the problem to escalate in the sense that they don't want Putin to deploy nuclear weapons. Because if he was to do it, then it changes the theater. Like, it's bad now, but we don't want to make the theater worse 
by provoking it and causing and stimulating a worldwide nuclear event. See what I'm saying? And so, anyway, that's that's the investment strategy. Hopefully, the stuff in in Russia. Hopefully, it just it goes away. Like I'm hopeful. Pray for it uh, day and night that 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 cleans it up. Anyway, I will talk to you later.